Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is sponsored by Zengo. This is the Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world, all on the hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. It's Zach Seward. I'm here on Coindesk TV. I'm on the hash, and I'm with Will Foxley and Jensen Assey. It's Three Box Thursday like it. Three box Thursday, new. baby. Three box Thursday. It's a thing now. Uh, all right, cool. All right. I'm tossing to Will for the first story of the day. A bit of some legal proceedings across the pond in Europe. Will, what's up? This is a great story. I've been waiting for this one for quite a while, so we should all be excited about it. Havelnaut has won against Craig Wright in court, in Norwegian court, for going back a little bit, 2019, some defamation lawsuits between the two of them. Havelnaut back in 2019 tweeted out that CSW was a fraud, a scammer, and a liar. CSW decided to take him to court saying, hey, you can't say that about me. I'm the inventor of Bitcoin. It's going to take him to court in the UK where it's very, very hard to win a case against someone who's claiming defamation just because of how legal cases are built there. And so Hodlnod decided to take him to court first in Norway, and he has won after two, three years of that going through litigation. So a pretty enormous day for the Bitcoin community, I think. Like this was really like a bear market story in 2019. There's a huge like I am hot or not was a huge thing. There's a lot of great CoinDesk pieces about that. And uh, now we're seeing like the conclusion to that story and yet another knock in Craig Wright's belt. I think he's like he's gotta be done at this point, but maybe not. Maybe there's more to come. Zach, I'll throw it over to you. Still is promised, so there certainly is more to come. Craig Wright remains a highly litigious character in the space, in a space that's founded on you know, the principles of, of, of non-censorship and free speech. It is remarkable that we see name-calling taken to the courts like this so often. It's not the only case that we've seen in the legal realm, but it's certainly one of the more notable ones because it involves Craig Wright, who's a, a loud and controversial figure within the space, who has long claimed that he is indeed the inventor of the Bitcoin blockchain. So for this apparent win to be issued to Hodel Knot, yeah, maybe is grounds to, uh, to celebrate some of the ideals of free speech on which a lot of crypto is founded. But I would not say that this is over yet. It seems as though an appeal is in the works, and I would imagine that more is yet to come. Tossing it your way, Jen, what do you think? 
how many more times is Craig Wright going to go to court and how is he affording this? It's absolutely insane. So the judge ruled that he needs to pay, I think it's over $300,000 to huddle not in, in legal fees. I also zeroed in on this quote from Wright's lawyers. They said that huddle not breached the commonly accepted threshold of decency. And I just thought to myself, has this person never been on Twitter before? I think, you know, to say that about something that's happening on Twitter is just kind of funny. Will, I don't know if you have a comment about that. I saw your little smirk there. Yeah, I mean, it's Twitter, right? So you got to be ready for anything. It's it's the town square. And we didn't have like Elon Musk and politicians throwing dirt at each other on there. Like, you know, if you're in crypto Twitter, this is just any other day. And Craig Wright is noted for also saying some derogatory terms as well, which you can find in that article. And he is well known for having a rough mouth on Twitter. And the uh, the lawyer, or not the lawyer, rather, but the judge for this case stated that in the final verdict that, yep, you can dish it out, but you can't seemingly take it. So, you know, we're not really going to side in your favor here. Both parties had engaged in pretty rough terms on Twitter. So it's just... You know, it's how it goes. If you choose to engage in that, that's what you get, the outcome. The last point I think is just worth mentioning here is, yes, the free speech area here with Bitcoin. I think it's very so much in terms of what Bitcoin wants and the ethos of the Bitcoin community to have this outcome uh, be in favor of HODL or not. Uh, it was expected. I don't know if it was expected if it was going to be in a UK court, but the fact that they moved to the Norwegian court and got a more free speech-centric outcome is a pretty big deal. And I think that does fall within the larger Bitcoin spaces purview of what Bitcoin should be like. Maybe not in the Bitcoin SV version of what Bitcoin should be like, but definitely within the Bitcoin I think most of us know about nowadays. Zach, give it to you for last thoughts on this. Yeah, Craig Wright, you know, remains a contentious character. I don't know if he's going to go away anytime soon, but this was certainly something that was closely watched across the space dating back a few years now. Apparent resolution, but again, I bet that more will come. Zengo Crypto Wallet is an on-chain crypto wallet with no private key vulnerability, leveraging advanced cryptography called MPC, which until now has only been available to multi-billion dollar institutions. Zengo is the most secure Web3 wallet and the best place to keep your digital currency, NFTs, and assets secure. It's also fully recoverable using the wallet's biometric recovery kit. Get started at zengo.com hash and use code hash to get $20 back on your first purchase of $200 or more. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Coindesk's Women Who Web3 podcast, your weekly podcast celebrating women supporting women, investing in women, and bridging the gender gap in wealth through Web3. Each week, we'll be learning from powerful women sharing their insights on topics like creating belonging and inclusivity in the digital spaces, the metaverse, building prosperous Web3 projects, investing in cryptocurrencies and building wealth. And we have how-tos from founders and builders who have been there and done that, healing sessions to give you the power to overcome imposter syndrome and everything you need to level up in your crypto journey. At the end of each podcast, stick around for some Zen with a relaxing meditation to center you after absorbing all the stories and the knowledge. I'm your host, Cams, and I'm on a mission to empower women across the globe to unlock the unlimited potential and earning power inside themselves through Web3. 
Whether you're just crypto curious or a crypto connoisseur, this podcast is for you. Let's get it. All right, we're going to change gears. We're going to leave the courts. We're going to go to another field. It's time for Sports Desk. Sports Desk. Ah, you love to see it. All right. Mercury, which is doing fan engagement and digital collectibles for the college athletics space. It's raising some fresh capital, 7.5 million in a round, led by Multicoin Capital. Mercury is built on Flow not some of the other chains, which Multicoin is known to back with regularity. But this is something that, again, speaks to sporting demand for enhanced fan engagement experiences, this time straight to the realm of college athletics rather than the pros. Jen, I'm tossing this to you. Table, sp- table stakes for uh, big-time NCAA programs. Now they got to have their own thing, too. What do you think? I know. You know, I had this thought the other day because college sports have the craziest communities. Those fans are so supportive of their teams. I'm not from the state. So every time I see this depicted in the media, it's it's really interesting and novel to watch from afar. And every time I see it, I think like, darn, why isn't there an NFT for this community? Because I think that NFTs would really help them thrive. I think it's really interesting that this project is focused on not using the word NFT and not overly explaining the technology to the fans, just letting them know you know, how it might benefit them in their community building, I think is really, really interesting. The CEO said, we want sports fans that don't care about NFTs. I would love to see a project though. So I think that they have it right narrative wise, kind of, but the fact that we're talking about it on this show, I think means that those fans are still going to know there's NFTs and the barriers that come with NFTs and people who don't really understand the crypto web three space thinking, you know, this isn't for me still exists. I think it will be really interesting when some kind of fan engagement product comes out, doesn't even mention NFTs, we don't talk about it on Coindesk because it's not in their PR narrative, and they can just really explain to fans why what they're offering is novel and different than before, and the technology just exists in the background. Will, what do you think? Yeah, two things caught my eye on this one. One, the college sports. We know that college sports, it's been tough to monetize a lot of those athletes in the past. The NCAA has really clamp down on those athletes being able to get any sort of money from their naming rights, any sort of money from like the jerseys that they sell. The fact that you have the NFT marketplace coming in here right after a lot of that, of those rules have been changed over the last two, three plus years. It's another avenue for them to garner more revenue. And that's a big deal, <clears throat> a big deal rather for those athletes, excuse me. And I think the second point that's interesting here is it's on the flow blockchain. So like on a more technical level, like we haven't seen a lot of stuff from flow in quite a while. I think like NBA Top Shot had its moment. There's a few other things on Flow, but that was about it, right? And it just kind of died off. And a lot of these other Solana-based NFTs, Ethereum-based NFTs really took off. Interesting to see Flow back in the picture here. And the fact that Multicoin is putting money on it along with a few other venture firms is also notable. You know, the, the argument's still there for putting NFTs on Flow. The argument's still there for putting things on Flow and getting adoption there. Jen, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, you know, we've said that a few times on the show, like, we haven't talked about flow, but here's this new project, there was, you know, genies and a few others, but then we haven't really spoken about them again. I think that college sports could actually put them back on the map, though. Zach, what do you think? 
I mean, it seems pretty piecemeal, right? So I think the early sort of partners that this project has signed are like Clemson, which is a big, big football program. Just looking at their offerings, right? They have like sort of the membership pass, like 25 bucks coming soon, some virtual cleats coming soon, some other things that, you know, resonate with Clemson fans. So I guess they have some early success, but I would imagine the difficulty is that they have to do this to all these different programs and all these Mm -hmm. athletes, individual athletes who now can profit on their NIL rights, their name, image, and likeness rights, which is a new development in the NCAA world and which I think many firms are seeing as opportunity to, again, help these athletes monetize their, uh, their, their performance in the, in the college ranks. So this is a bit of a new territory, both in the digital collectible realm, but also in like the college athletics monetization realm. So I think a lot of investors are probably seeing this as an opportunity to place a few strategic bets because college sports in the U.S. is a huge business. I mean, SEC football is a religion for many, many people in this country, as is March Madness, as are other college sports up and down, up and down the chain. So I guess this is you know, a relatively small bet from some seasoned investors in the space that, hey, maybe these unique targeted you know, fan engagement activations across various campuses around the country could ultimately pay off in a big way down the line. But as it stands right now, Early days for this one, but certainly something to watch. All right. We're going to talk about more NFTs. You guys ready? This one Let's do it. is about a major movie studio expanding into the NFT space. For the first time ever, discover The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring Extended Edition, Web3 Movie Experience. A groundbreaking, first-of-its-kind digital movie NFT. <laughs> what a trailer. My precious, that was precious coins. Right My precious <laughs> coins. You'd love to see it. All right, Jen, take it away. What, what does this all mean? All right. So Warner Brothers, as you saw in that trailer we just watched, is releasing a Lord of the Rings NFT experience. So the NFTs are going to be this like all-in-one digital experience where the holders get a 4K copy of the film, behind-the-scenes footage, behind-the-scenes stills photographs, and AR collectible assets inspired by the film. I'm going to leave it there. There's a few different angles to unpack here, but Will, I'm going to toss this to you first. Do you, are you a Lord of the Rings fan first, are you? Of course, of course. I'm a white male in America. I love Lord of the Rings. I want to bring up one thing first, and that is that was a knockoff Gandalf voice. That's pretty that's pretty silly. Come on. You gotta get the actual Gandalf voice if you're gonna do this whole commercial. Second thing I want to bring up is this just reminds me of remember in like the early two thousands, every time a new movie come out, they'd also launch a website for it and they'd always try to get people to go to the mm-hmm. website and do like whatever game is on there or look at photos, behind the scenes stuff. And it's supposed to be like this whole fan engagement thing with just like web one or web two, maybe at that point, probably web one, right? It's just like website, just a static website. That's what this all reminds me of. It's just like another gambit to get a little bit more money out of someone's pocket. Who's a quote unquote super fan, but are you really having a super fan moment? Are you just, you know, doing the next big marketing scheme? Cool to anyone who wants this. I mean, I think NFT plays could be more like buying little caricatures or buying little you know, like characters or dolls or something for whatever show you're into and just want to collect those. That'd be kind of cool. But to me, this seems like a passing fad, just like we saw you know, 20 years ago with websites popping up. Zach, to you. 
Yeah, but websites are everywhere now. Look what websites are <laughs> true. now. They're everywhere. <laughs> Bullish. Bullish shake by Will. On okay, AMTs. but when's the last time everywhere. you went on a website to look at a movie? You know? What, what movie came out recently? You're like, I have I'm to go sure check out their website. I, first of all, the know. Space Jam website from whenever Space Jam came out like oh, 20 oh, yeah. years ago is still up, I'm pretty sure. And we can all just go and enjoy that after the show. Yeah, it's okay. It's a good shout out. It's a good. It's a good shout out. <laughs> Definitely get shout out to the you know, Captain wow, Amber, Jen. early '90s. All right, good stuff. Yeah, no, Warner. Well, I mean, Warner Brothers is a big name, right? This is a big name. We've seen Disney experimenting with like I don't know, metaverse accelerators and like different things, right? So this is a big name. I think Hollywood sees again. It needs to update its playbook for engaging with new audience, and this is sort of the desperation that. I would imagine fuels a lot of these experiments. They say, oh no, everyone's going to be in the metaverse or like doing their own thing in the future. And we need to access that young up and coming audience of people in ways that are more comfortable and perhaps native to them. Right. So the fact that they're experimenting with this, with this franchise is interesting. And I think, you know, we, we, we talked with some founders, I think it was like two days ago about, you know, tokenized IP uh, as it relates to big Hollywood endeavors. And it's something that clearly the studios are thinking about as well. Right. And whether this will be, you know, a corporate NFT that kind of falls flat, like we've seen with some other exper experiences, or if it is, a, again, a bit more of this organic community driven thing that resonates with a broad base of fans. Time will tell, obviously, but the fact that a big motion picture studio such as Warner Brothers is experimenting with this stuff, certainly interesting. Jen, get to your way. Yeah, I think there's definitely a place for NFTs, like you were saying, Zach, when it comes to movie distribution. I think this particular one feels like everything is encapsulated in one and it's this web three experience. It feels a little bit gimmicky. And in some of the mainstream media pieces that came out in the voice of the journalist or the columnist that was writing about this, it feels like it's being forced a little bit. I do think though, that the idea behind having that digital ownership and having the studio be connected directly to the audience is really interesting. And there's something there. So I think the way that they're thinking is there, but the, the project felt like, you know, Web3 vomited all over Lord of the Rings. I also think that NFTs, there's an opportunity for NFTs to solve the problem that Netflix is facing right now, right? Where there's one account and there's multiple different people using this account. I know in Canada, they're, they're trying different revenue models. They've been talking about you know, charging you for the amount of users you have on your account. If there were NFTs associated with access to your account or the different IP you engage with on your account, that could potentially solve this business problem. So there's something there. I don't know that this Lord of the Rings thing is going to take off, though. All right. Well, if anything, we do have the excuse to go to spacejam.com 1996 mm. and look at that Let's do sweet, it right now. sweet Web1 experience. If someone I could... love it. Like make a Web3, it's kind of like a Web3 aesthetic, almost. Kind of like that. It is. Uh, We've yeah, gone full bit. circle. Yeah, a little full retro. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. Check that out. That's pretty much it. Yeah, You can all go right, to we'll all the see. different universes on here. We'll I'm sorry, I'm still... But it's, it's, it's okay. We can, yeah. we, this show got derailed by, by Space Jam. Sorry about that. It did. Um, we can, it was a good we call, can just, though. We can leave. It was a good shout out. Um, but, you know, we, we were disrespecting Warner Brothers and it's an exciting new initiative by, uh, by looking back in time here. All right. Well, that's going to be it for the show today. I'm Zach. That's Will in the middle. We got Jen on the other side. We're the hash. We're looking, you're looking at us live on Coindesk TV. Thanks for uh, checking us out on the podcast network. If you do that, a lot of good stuff there for your ears. And yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Happy Thursday. We'll see you Friday. Take it easy. And have a great day. Bye. 
You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. 